Welcome to our special weekly podcast, SME SOS. Each week I'll be sharing this additional podcast taken from my weekly live interviews on Instagram with industry leaders and founders, all of whom share their insights and advice for businesses navigating this unprecedented time of uncertainty, but also opportunity. My usual podcast, Conversations of Inspiration, is still coming out every Monday where I share soulful founder stories or those who simply inspire me. But thanks to Dell, we are able to continue creating this unique podcast for the small business community at a time where we need all the advice we can get. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down where we're going you won't need to bring This week, I welcome Christine Armstrong, the author of The Mother of All Jobs, How to Have Children, a Career and Stay Sane-ish, and Mirafora Mina, co-founder of design studio Mina Lima, and one half of the creative duo behind bringing the Harry Potter films to life. Both my guests this week have this crucial golden thread running between them, passion. Whether it's for making societal change or for the pure love of her own craft, both Christine and Mira have this burning passion in bucket loads. And you can't learn it, you sort of can't teach it or fake it. True passion is bubbling to the brim, unmistakable and addictive to be around. Last week, I talked about resilience being the fuel for driving you to success. And then for me, it's that passion that makes it an enjoyable, fun and thrilling ride. And without that fire burning in your belly, the light inside you beaming out because you're just utterly obsessed and passionate about what you do, then really, what is the point of it all? So Christine was my first guest, was a huge bundle of energy and not afraid to say how it is, which when it's based on personal experience and many, many years of research, I totally admire. The conversation of being a mother, working, and then the fallacy of having it all seems so much more open these days. And yet we don't really seem to have moved the dial much at all. And I do wonder whether this period of COVID will do more to shake up the system than we have seen in many years prior. Certainly in terms of businesses waking up to the huge benefits, both sides of flexible working. But as Christine shares with me here, perhaps there is as much responsibilities on ourselves to set the boundaries to begin with. It is so lovely to meet you and my goodness I was just talking about the fact that we at Holly & Co are about to stock your book and we're really excited. That's great news, thank you. But before we get into that I'd love to know just personally how you've been over the last four months and how you've managed to juggle. Do you know what? Homeschooling's rubbish, isn't it? I mean, it's, I think it's terrible for your relationship uh, if you've got a partner. I think it's terrible for your kids. Um, and so hats off to all teachers out there, really. Um, it's been really tough. I'm a travel business, um, so not ideal. No, not ideal. I make a lot of my money speaking at events, so... You know, uh, there was there were a few wobbly moments. <laughs> we were like, "Wow, this is really 
It's quite exciting, really, isn't it? Um, actually, I've been pretty busy and I've been also vlogging about, you know, the big changes at work and what's going on. So actually, as it's gone on, it's got, got better. And now we're in the summer holidays and we don't have to homeschool. It's got significantly better. <laughs> um, I would love to chat to you today about, you know, I have a 15 year old at home, but he was three months old when I started Not On The High Street. And so I absolutely, and you're a mum of three, and I, you know, anyone who watches this, who's running their own business, has been dealing with this, this issue. This feels like an eternal female issue. And you've written this book, The Mother of All Jobs, How To Have Children, A Career, and Stay Sane, which I think, quite frankly, is in my top five titles of any book ever. Um, tell me about how you have got to this place in your life where you're writing this book. So I worked in an advertising agency and I traveled a lot and had a cool job and everything was, you know, great. And I just thought genuinely that I, I would have a baby and everything would be fine. I just, I don't know what gave me this idea, but it was what people around me appeared to do. Not that there were many senior women with John, but there were a few. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe how impossible it was. I mean, almost immediately I got pushed out of my job pretty brutally. Um, and that was crushing. I mean, I was still feeding a six month old and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Another job and it was totally incompatible with small children and a family and for the first time in my life I just felt like everything was failing I was failing and I was really shocked and the narrative at that time was very much if you just work hard and if you get great childcare, it's gonna be fine. And I was just going, but I've done that, right? I've got great childcare yeah. and my life is I'm sorry, I know we're not swearing but it was disastrous yeah. and I thought wouldn't it be refreshing if we just said that if we just said this doesn't work in the way we've defined it we're not living in a world where the tiger came for tea and we're all trying to work we're all trying to be always on our children's day ends at 3 15 and and you know it's just bonkers it's just it is so refreshing I think this is partially the issue isn't it is that we're not all talking about it in an honest way way and what have you found then so through this research because you interviewed all these women didn't you and I'm, I'm i'm almost wanting to sort of think that you're going to have some epiphany here and tell me you know what it is but you know i missed harry's first steps i missed harry's first words you know i i was there for every bedtime i made sure of it but that meant i you know that's the you know when he was little that's 20 minutes you know so it would be you know basically a 20 minute window i you know i worked every weekend at the start of not on the high street you know these are the realities aren't they that people don't talk about and certainly when you go up into corporate world where i was running a board and chairwoman and ceo well you for sure don't say those things so when you've been talking to these women tell me what has been coming out as sort of a common denominator have there been some common denominators i think that we have set up work to be all encompassing. We have no idea how to put any boundaries around it. And the problem fundamentally with all of us is how much we're trying to do in our time. And then we end up at two in the morning making the cakes, right? And so what we have to do is to step back and go, right, make conscious flipping decisions. How many hours do I want to work? What's feasible? So it's bedtime, great, it's bedtime, fine. Um, it might be swimming lessons, it might be I just go to the ballet class, it might be football, it might be whatever, 
I want to pick them up from school every day, but I might not be around later. Pick the things that matter to you. Yeah. But it's like, it's tough. And there's priority with this, which we don't often talk about, which is money, which is how much money do you need? And what are you willing to compromise on? And those are really tough financial decisions. One of the big pieces of advice I give, not a popular one sometimes, is spend less. You know, if you get yourself up with a big rent or a big mortgage, or you decide that your kid has to go to a particular expensive school or club, you're adding in costs and you're also putting pressure on your time so that's okay if you're up for that but maybe you need to dial back the pressure yeah i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more but it feels like what you're tackling is a new way of looking at this you know actually trying to put um some sort of new ideas into how to look at the situation we seem to just go around and around in circle it doesn't matter you know my sister felt it when she had a baby my co-founder will feel find it when she's about to have her babies in a few weeks time i had it 15 week, uh, years ago it just feels like the conversation is hard to move on i think a big piece of it so the factors i always look at hours i look at money and then relationship you know if you're in a couple if you're a single it's a slightly different conversation which we can have but who's doing what you know and Eve Rosky mm -hmm. I'm sure knows written fair play brilliant book about how we divide up household chores we need to be having those conversations you can't be running a business and running your household and having kids and put all that together and then go well, I don't know why I'm so stressed and exhausted when it's <laughs> other people who live in your house could put on a wash or you know do the shopping order or whatever we've got to unpick what's actually going on and a huge thing and I think it's really relevant to lockdown is boundaries you know when do you turn off when do you turn on how mm -hmm. Available are you to a team? When can you be still and read Ichabod with your kids and just chill and just be? And how often are you allowing yourself to be invaded? And I just think there's a lot going on here, and some of it is guilt and some of it is imposter syndrome, but I think there's a lot of very practical things to think about as well. I've got a few comments. Uh, Liana Woodward, um, we need this honesty and to support each other. Completely agree. South Coast Makers Market, absolutely agree. Spend less and ditch the parenting bits we're all crap at. Well, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, I did a post this morning, I don't know if you saw, where um, I shared that um, PwC did some research and found that 80% of those who had lost their jobs since the crisis began are women. And two, I mean, is that not unbelievable? I actually had to go and check this, but I'm part of the um, uh, trustee of the Women Supporting Women Princess Trust, and this is a number that's coming through to us. Um, and two thirds of these are 18 to 34. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, that will be mums, that will be, it's an incredible statistic when you think 80%. It's absolutely shocking. And I think it's not, what's even more shocking, this doesn't help, it just builds the point, is that that's just the number that have been made redundant. I'm also talking to HR leaders who've got people in their business coming in and saying, put people into performance reviews because they haven't delivered it during lockdown when they've maybe got two, you know, 18 month old twins at home. Um, so no recognition of what the performance impact might have been during this period. And also HR leaders saying, um, coming to me in tears and saying, I just can't do it anymore. Can I be made in London? Can I go down to two or three days a week? It's just too much and I can't cope. So I think the gender balance at work could be absolutely horrendous because if we take those women, younger women out of the workforce now, it's gonna be so much harder for them to get 
in and to get to those senior positions where we can have real cultural change. So um, I would really, I mean, the Women's Equality Party is doing good work on, I think, the forces but looking at where the government invests money and rather than trains and building bridges it's also looking at childcare and looking after older people all of those things that also allow more women to work are going to be so important so, absolutely you know no more bloody bridges deal with our caring crisis deal with the fact that you know it's and i i, I loved i was when i was researching you for this um a word that's so overused is this sort of unprecedented times. And I loved what you said um, when you compared, and we say this within context, of course, within context, um, between COVID and World War II. And of course, we're not directly comparing it, are we? But what do you think the legacy of this time is going to be? My thing with the World War II is, isn't that it's the same, it isn't. Don't, don't, don't message me saying it's different, of course it's different. My thing is just the scale of change is so enormous and we have to take a moment to settle with how massive it is and how nobody knows the consequences and whether they are the prime minister or famous speakers or whoever, nobody knows and it's okay not to know. But we have to be aware, we have to track it, we have to think about it and we're gonna have to adapt. And I think the next 10 years are gonna be wild and possibly in a very challenging way, uh, but we won't know exactly how yet. Um, a few more comments, mini mindfuls, love this conversation. Um, Bobby Bunny and friends, 100% relate to this. I've had the exact conversation with my husband lately about not being able to do everything. And one of a kind club has asked, what is your best tip? So when you went and spoke to all of those women, and from your own personal experience, what yeah. would you say would be your one desert island tip? Okay, this is going to be controversial. Oh, I love how controversial you are, by the way. Oh, I love it. It's so, we were just talking about vanilla today. No room for vanilla. No vanilla. This comes from my great-grandmother, who said, uh, you will love your children. Make sure that other people love them too. And it's really in my mind that if you have children who are mostly, and I, you know, excluding special needs and complications, not everybody has complicated families, but if you can raise children who other people enjoy having at their house, in their classroom, coming over, hanging out with, you will have so many more options for support and so many more options to share your kids and socialize them. My big point is you have to have a network in order to, to thrive and work and all the things you need a really big support network so today my internet totally broke i rang my friend he's got three man fitting a wardrobe and i'm like mate i need your wi-fi can i turn up i'm, I'm getting in the car now and she's like sure fine do you want a cup of tea i'll put the kettle on you need that network and you need it for the whole period and the, the stronger that network is the more likely you are to get through it yeah Absolutely. You are a breath of fresh air. I cannot wait to read your book. I cannot wait to stock your book. We're going to have it online so everyone can buy it from us. Bless you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.
As I said a moment ago in this interview, there is just no room for vanilla. If we want to shake up the system, there is no room for half-truths. And it's taken me a long time, I suppose, to openly recount those early years of Harry's life. There is a sort of shame, maybe a stigma attached to so openly talking about the sacrifices you make as a mother, certainly a working mother. I spent so much time and energy beating myself up, so much guilt I carried with me. And it took me time to look back and realise that not only is Harry turning out to be quite an incredible young adult, I know I'm biased, but that by being open and honest about my own experiences, I was going to be able to free other women from living with that same energy sapping feelings. After many years of mentoring small businesses and championing women founders, the imposter syndrome is something which comes up as a consistent reason as to why us women are holding back from building their own businesses. Fueling this imposter syndrome is a fear of tech. And so together with Dell Technologies, we want to take the first steps in empowering women in business. So each week, I'll be giving away an award-winning Dell XPS laptop and lots of other small business goodies to cheerlead you on your journey. This week's winner is Natasha Evans from Soothebox Company. And she wrote... Firstly, I want to say thank you so much for conversations of inspiration. I've had so many testing times through starting a small business and your podcast has been such an uplifting and positive influence. In November 2018, I left my job after becoming unwell with severe depression. I honestly thought my life was over. I just couldn't see how I could get better when I felt so low. This was a difficult time for my family who lived hundreds of miles away. They wanted to support me but found it difficult to reach me as I would rarely answer phone calls or texts. My mum found a way around this and I began to receive care packages in the post full of things that she knew I'd love. As I started to feel better, I thought back to those packages I received and wondered whether they may be a way of helping people to connect, that maybe there were others like me who were hard to reach. My idea started to grow and I started to approach companies to find suppliers and slowly it was becoming more and more real. Throughout this time, my trusty laptop worked its socks off using Canva for my designs, trying its hand at website building and any other tasks that I set it to. Then one day it had done too much and all that I could see was a black screen. Tech is not something that I have ever been amazing with, and I was always the one to make my grandparents' computer freeze. So I think that unease has stayed with me ever since. But I grew to love my little laptop because of the creations that came from it. I feel that a new, fully working, fast-speed laptop would bring me a new partner to create, design, and take on the next instalment of my journey with. Well, Firstly, Natasha, very touched by your wonderful open letter to me. And congratulations, because I'm wishing you all the luck. And for everyone who has been touched as much as I have, you can follow Natasha and her new laptop at Soothebox Company. 
to be in with a chance like Natasha of winning an XPS laptop, all you have to do is email us in with your story of why winning would change your business journey. We want creative, soulful tales of how you want to be empowered to take those next steps. You can email us at techinabox@holly.co, or for all the details on how to enter, head over to holly.co. And each week I will pick one winner and share their story right here on this very podcast. Wishing you the best of luck. My next guest is Mirafora Mina, one half of the creative duo Mina Lima. But before we join her, I wanted to throw back to a past podcast clip. This week, it is the wonderful Alice Mayer, founder of We Built This City. If you haven't heard of We Built This City, it's the most incredible creative pop-up experience. And when I visited Alice, we were in the heart of London, in basically, essentially, a modern-day souvenir shop. And it was so such an unbelievable experience and I urge you to support her wherever she might pop up next. Opening a retail space is no easy feat and each independent you find across your own high street would have poured so much love and passion into their space, believe you me. Alice reminded me so much of my younger self or is it my current self? Um, Her passion and drive just oozed out of her. And in this clip, she describes the most wonderful light bulb moment when she knew opening a retail space was what she was meant to do. Talking about the creative vision, like I remember when the name had come and I remember sitting on the tube and I just got this unbelievable rush inside my body about this thing and I could see it and it was like fireworks going off in my head and I was just like oh my god I'm so excited I'm so excited to do this and I think that that was the moment I mean you know I'm still here five years on and it's been unbelievably difficult at times but that was so important that moment because that's it felt like that's when something was born Um, and I think that's the thing that when you then go into the meeting with the landlord or whoever else you've got to convince it's that that that, that is rushing through your body yeah, essentially it's that like, light bulb moment yeah. and that's almost what I want to get across is that vision is so so important and that light bulb moment will come don't force it you'll know when it's happening yeah yeah, yeah. you'll oh, know you when totally it's happening do. and it's a bit it, like when you fall in love it's yes. the same it's like because of the level of passion and excitement I had for the idea it was in direct proportion to how quickly it then came about I just don't think there is a better description that I have been lucky enough to capture of what it really feels like to hit upon that idea. The second guest I welcomed was Mirafora Mina, co-founder of Mina Lima, who are the incredible creative duo behind all the graphics of the Harry Potter films and franchise. With their own studio team, as well as a physical store, the Mina Lima duo have had a lot to contend with since the film industry was badly affected by COVID. And they were also forced to close the doors on their beloved House of Mina Lima in central London. During lockdown, she shared with me so many insights about how they've navigated this time. So, do head over to my Instagram where you can watch this interview in full. There she is. (laughs) 
Thank you for the beautiful introduction. How has the last four months been for you personally, especially as you're so creative? And for the creative brain, we do rely on a lot of stimulus, don't we? And being out there. I remember you on the podcast talking about the flea markets that you would walk around and those things. Tell me about that. Well, I think maybe without, it's not until you, you ask these questions that it makes you realise that maybe it is exactly that, the creative mind that enables the opportunity to be resourceful and to be, um, to be inventive and try and react positively and creatively in a situation of crisis because we had to make a very rapid decision to A, close our shop, which was a much bigger commercial impact, but B, try and keep our design studio, which employs about eight designers and four to five admins. So it's a medium-sized business to keep that moving because there were plenty of projects that needed to meet deadlines. Mm -hmm. um, so central to the survival of that time, I think, was, um, I think, it, to answer your question, I think it, we did need to dig deep, Eduardo and myself, into big leaders. And yes. you, I think in a time of crisis, um, you need to show leadership, whether it's just to reassure or to provide work or to be inventive for the, to find another project that's around the corner that will keep everybody employed. So you need to be you know, innovative. And sometimes that innovation isn't just going to your normal places for work, but actually thinking, well, how can I change what I was doing before, twisted a little bit in order to maintain the communication with my audience, um, with your customer base. Uh, and of course, we were thinking, well, the website uh, sales had doubled with half Has the So the web sales do really well, but what's missing is the thing that we had to put so much work and love and DNA into, which is... Um, your the, physical place, your experience. experience. Yeah, we, we're so in the process of experimenting with virtual, a virtual experience using an iPhone and a very good member of staff <laughs> who's fantastic and compelling. Um, and really just, it's almost like you're just ignoring all the barriers that have been thrown in the way, like contact yes. with a person or having to wear a mask or not being able to travel. Or It's almost like you sort of, sweep those things aside and say I'm still looking at you and I can still have the conversation with you and I think conversations and understanding what our customers emotion emotional engagement is is has always been central so we needed to find a way to sort of bring that back into life and we've been doing that for a couple of weeks and it's I tell you what's fantastic is when someone turns up online wearing a cape and has a wand and they're doing a, a virtual visit, but that's testament to the fact that there is engagement and there is um, a conversation. Uh, that Absolutely. Is I don't know about you, but I think everything goes at the moment. You know, I was just on a board meeting for another brand and, you know, it, it's they have done some amazing things where they've taken what was a physical festival and taken it online and, you know, that's never been done before and so it's really pushing us as leaders and people who work for brands to say well actually anything goes it's quite liberating would you say 
I think so. And actually, um, something we've been talking about is um, obviously survival. It's a horrible word to have to use when you were just trying to build your business at a point of growth. Um, but the ones that do survive perhaps will be even stronger than they might have been because of either having to reinvent themselves or to just zone in on what is important for their business, what resonates, what um, understanding the things that work and getting rid of the dead wood, basically. And that yeah. sounds brutal, but I think, we've, I think that's happening globally anyway with things like travel and um, you know, confronting what we really need and what we don't need, but on a sort of micro version of that within the business. I've got a few questions for you. Petrula um, has asked, I love your shop as it's such an experience. What would you say is the one most important thing you can do to bring shops to life and to give that sense of retail theatre? I mean, our shop is only four years old and we are retail novices, really. Um, but one thing we did have, and I think I've heard it a few times from some of your guests, and, and we took great care to understand how our customers and fans behaved and what made them tick. And we hadn't, even though I had 25 years of experience working in film, I had no idea what a Harry Potter fan, how, how they behaved until Eduardo and I got up and went to fan conventions in America and talked to them and showed them pictures and, and started to understand that actually everything was glued together by emotion. So when we opened our shop, central to it was the experience and in fact perhaps even from a commercial point of view was deemed idiotic because three quarters of the shop was experience and a quarter of it was retail, retail. yeah and, and the experience was free anyway but what it did was was kind of um unravel this uh, this conversation between the visitors and the fans some of them very very deeply embedded in the whole franchise of, of harry potter um, and also significantly, it gave us a very small, it's only a thousand square feet down the road in Soho, um, platform to talk to the world because from there you have your website and you have your social media and it gave us a little window to have that exchange. It's so interesting hearing you say that because I think that is going to be the future of small businesses who do decide to get out there on the high street is to have that retail theatre, to make people feel, you know, 35,000 decisions a day, 95% of them are made emotionally. Tell me about why you set up Nina Lima and the brand itself with Eduardo. Oh gosh, I mean, we could easily have carried on as freelance individuals working in the film industry, probably quite successfully and happily in, but it really felt like it was very much tied up with the uh, the sum of the parts, if you like. So the Mina and the Lima was going to make something much bigger than us carrying on being quite good at what we were doing separately. And we both recognised that. And it's in like, it's like any union, any marriage or relationship, I think, when you see that and recognise it and you both share enough values about life, actually, not even about yeah. business, but about your your sort of aspirations and your family and, and what makes you laugh. If you share enough of those things, then you need to absolutely grab it with both hands. It's, it's such a, um, I've got so many more comments coming in, by the way. Um, I've got um, florals at number nine. Love that. 
speak life into your ideas. But when you think about that and you are um, fully into publishing, just firstly tell us about that series. For those who don't know what it is, you've taken classics such as... So Peter Pan, Jungle Book, um, Beauty and the Beast, Alice in Wonderland, Pinocchio, and soon to be Wizard of Oz. But also then tell me about um, the bravery of doing something different. Oh, it's funny you should say that because I, I never think of it as a gesture of bravery. I always just think that it's an essential part of being creative. Um, really, again, what was central to it was the ideas and that to find a format that we could be expressive that wasn't necessarily film, that could be ours and could be have a beginning, a middle and end, literally. So it has, you know, it covers, it's a physicality and it can, I tell you the joy of knowing that 300,000 homes somewhere around the world have a book on their shelf, maybe next to a child's bed or, you know, wherever it is that's, that's in a home is a kind of very um, humbling feeling. And of course, it, again, it started as, Eduardo just very boldly said to our publisher, we're going to do 12 because I want to see the, I want to see the shelf. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, well, I'll design the shelf. Let's do. And um, we did think that was a joke, but suddenly we have eight children. So um, I think we probably have to just do the dozen now. <laughs> um, but I can tell from the second I met you, you visualize the future because you saw it. You literally saw it. And then when you see the future, it allows your brain, doesn't it, to anchor in on that visual and I then, and then work your way towards it. No, I never ever thought of that. I need to get a crystal ball in this new office. You do. Yes. Um, I've got a final um, question, which is, when you look at the future now, what do you see and what, by what you see, can you help people understand what that determination is behind what you see? Because we don't like to use this word, as you said, survival. But you know, as founders, that's ultimately what we're doing, isn't it? You'll do what it takes You'll pivot, you'll swivel, you'll reinvent, you'll, you'll look at your crystal ball, you'll see the moon, you'll think it's attainable. Tell me about what you see as your design studio with you and Eduardo. So I definitely think that we will stop at nothing to keep that momentum going. And, and, and actually a, a word that keeps sort of cropping up in the way that we operate um, has made me think about it more during this survival period, which is consistency and being consistent. And I think you can apply, I, we certainly run our, we like to run our business with this as a, as a, as a, a sort of um, mantra, if you like, a, a word that, that keeps us strong. Because I think whether you, how you relate to your people, how you, um, pay your bills, how you, um, how you approach new projects and um, engage with your audience. If there's consistency, then I think it, it makes people feel confident that, that they're in the right place and that they're doing the right thing. But it also um, gives them the confidence to take some, we need to take some risks. We, we've taken risks from, from that day one in 10, 10 years ago when we took that first office. Um, and it, up and down, up and down. But I really think that all the ups are a little bit higher than, than the, the previous peak. It's pure magic. You create magic, you are magic. And 
I'm really, really lucky to know you because it's um, a huge fan of yours for so long. Um, and hopefully now I get to call you a friend and it's a, a lovely privilege. Don't must start crying again. <laughs> and send my love to Eduardo, won't you? He sends it back. Thank oh, you so much. Thank you so Thanks much. For having me. Take care, take care, bye. I often talk about the future of retail being immersive. It allows you to create content and have something to say beyond your product. But it was the first time that I'd ever heard it described in this way. And it's a testament to Mira and her creative mind, that genius creative mind. So do have a listen to the podcast with them both. They made me smile so much because they love each other so very much and recount stories of funny moments when they seriously auditioned fictitious fonts in front of them, wanting to see who was going to win the pitch and giving them little personalities. And this whole story will just stay with me forever. I love, actually probably adore is the better word, interviewing these incredible women. And I often think my guests might not realise how much I get out of every conversation personally too. Just this week, I was sat with my right-hand woman and after one of our IG lives, our brains were buzzing with new ideas. And in all honesty, only hours before, I'd been feeling a little low and I couldn't put my finger on it. It was when I realized that perhaps I was lacking the creativity in my day-to-day working life. The last few months have been so focused on delivering content, cheerleading the way and navigating this time that outside of these 30 minutes speaking to passionate founders, I was lacking inspiration. And I suppose identifying this was like a light bulb moment because I could then rectify it. And certainly my mojo is back. I share this with you because I think it can sometimes look from the outside that I am bubbly Duracell battery holly all day and every day. And I often am. But sometimes it pays dividends to look into your soul, check in and really consider how you feel. Is your soul really singing? The beauty of being our own bosses is that it is all within our control and often it can be the smallest change that relights that fire. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you love this podcast and don't miss out on Monday's episode of Conversations of Inspiration because I am interviewing Lucy and Chris, the founders of Lucy and Yak. And I've been eager to get them on for a little while. So I'm so happy I finally have. From what I have researched so far, they have such a rich tale to tell. Finally, before you go, you know what I'm going to ask. Conversations of Inspiration is a growing podcast and the way it works is really down to word of mouth, recommendations, chatting over tea. And so if you fancy helping me, do let people know, write a review on one of the episodes or rate and subscribe. It all helps so very, very much. And if you do spread that word, can I just thank you from the bottom of my heart? Have the best week you can imagine. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown. You will find that all the things that I have said will come to when you are lying in your bed. And if you want your friends to come,